Welcome to episode 137, Another Perspective on Jesus Christ with Shananda. Welcome, I am your host, Claire Obeyed. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honour our healing and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Hey, beautiful ones. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so this is a very impromptu, unplanned podcast episode with the incredible Shananda, who I've had on this podcast, I think, two other times. She is an incredible human being, and I'm so excited to welcome her into this space for us to have a very powerful conversation about Jesus. So let me tell you first about Shananda. She is an angel teacher, a mother of three. Shananda Scott is passionate about teaching people how to receive the infinitely loving guidance and support of the angels. Upon the birth of her second child, Shananda experienced a spiritual awakening and began learning how to manage her newly discovered intuitive abilities. Shananda trained for years with mentors, teachers, and the angels themselves, and now works with starseeds and lightworkers all over the world from her beach home in Sydney. Shananda believes that you do not need to be religious to work with angels. You will never see Shananda quote from the Bible, and she's never read it. Use religious images of angels or suggest that you need an intermediary to connect with the divine. Shananda says that everyone has the ability to work with angels, everyone has guardian angels, and everyone can learn to understand and hear angel messages. Which is why the conversation that her and I are about to have and share with you on Jesus Christ is really powerful and and important. We will explain as the episode begins how this came to be, very impromptu and recorded on the night of the solstice. But I just want to state a few things up front with you before we dive into this episode. We both realize that this can be a really triggering conversation to have around Jesus Christ. So there is a lot of respect and non-judgment from us as we share some really big and juicy stuff, some really profound um, insights, opinions, thoughts, feelings, some of it very well studied, some of it very intuitive. So please know that we're not coming at anybody and coming here with judgment. We're coming here with love and we're coming here to simply shine a different perspective and light on the consciousness and the teacher and the teachings, that is Yeshua, that is the divine, masculine Jesus Christ. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what we're really trying to highlight here is that Christ perhaps is not a saviour, someone here that is to save you, which is to us quite a disempowering statement, but perhaps a mirror, a teacher that is here to illuminate our own Christ consciousness and to connect us with our own divinity, which then allows us to ripple that out into the world. And he shows us the example and the path for us to find that, but we have to find that within first, which is essentially to us the core of what his teachings are. 
So we send you in the light and the love towards this beautiful, powerful conversation. We tried to keep it light. There's a lot of laughter. We realize that there's probably more to unpack in this and more to dive into. So we welcome your feedback and your thoughts and perhaps your encouragement to go a little bit further with this conversation as we just really, to be honest, tipped the edge of the iceberg or hit the edge of the iceberg there. Of course, as you know, having followed me for a while as a priestess in training of Mary Magdalene, I am very deeply connected to the teachings of Yeshua and his lineage and the consciousness of this particular um, wisdom teachings and, of course, the lessons and the light that comes from this. And I am deeply moved by what I have come to understand Yeshua to be and to connect with, and I welcome anyone to connect with his energy outside of the space of religion if that feels really beautiful for you of course this conversation is just a conversation if you're not feeling that call it doesn't have to be a call to action and it doesn't have to be a pathway that you follow it could simply just show you another new perspective now before we go into the episode it's really important for me to share with you that on January 7th and January 8th, I am sharing a two-part online immersion called the Magdalene Frequency. So this is where we get to tap into the frequency of the Magdalene energy, which is directly connected to the teachings of Yeshua, of course, but in that divine feminine presence. We work with womb wisdom, we'll work with rose medicine, we will work with light language practices, mudra and mantra, and ancient and sacred ritual in order for us to embody more light and to begin the year of seven, 2023 is the vibration of seven, which is the divine feminine presence, which is Mary Magdalene, which is Venus, which is the Hathor energy to embody that as we move forward into our year and to create that activation within ourselves. So if the Magdalene energy has been calling at you, and again, this is outside of religion and outside of dogmatic structures and systems, this is an invitation to all from whatever denomination or space or place you come from, please head over to the show notes. Please join us. We will be journeying two times over the weekend. So Saturday the 7th, we meet at 3 p.m. for two and a half hours. And Sunday the 8th, we meet at 10 a.m. for two and a half hours. I know that many of you are deep in school holiday mode, so please set aside the time for this. Please join us. Of course, the replay will be available, but your presence live is so powerful and so needed. So without further ado, let me welcome you to this conversation Pour yourself a cup of tea or cacao, stay open, stay willing, stay patient, stay calm, and here we go. I'm so excited to share this with you. Welcome, beautiful Shananda. This is not the first time that I've had you on this podcast, but this one, this conversation, (laughs) I think we're going to be giggling our way through this because this is a biggie. We are talking about a new and different perspective on Yeshua and Jesus Christ. Welcome. Thank you for having this conversation with me. I'm very honored to be chatting with you again. I always love our conversations and I love how this one arose. It, was, it felt very organic and spontaneous and natural and hey, a little bit triggering too. <laughs> Can we explain for those listening how this conversation came about, especially the part where you threw me under the bus? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not sure exactly, but I think someone sent you a question on one of your question boxes. Is that correct on an Instagram story? 
I actually posted a meme, you know. That's so it was, right, the meme. I, and I love that. Isn't it interesting how we can spread lights through memes? <laughs> um, so I was just trying to remember what their wording was, but it was um, it was quotes and it was, you know, Jesus died for our sins. That's manipulative. And then yes. the reply was, and he didn't stay dead. That's gaslighting. Yes. And, of course, I had a little bit of a chuckle when I saw that. I posted my stories with the with a comment saying, you know, actually there's a little bit of truth in this. Um, and, you know, I popped up a question box into my story saying, you know, I, I had a little bit of a riff, obviously, with some of my own thoughts about um, my experience and my relationship with Jesus. And then I asked some of my followers to respond about how they've connected with Jesus. And then who pops in? But Claire. Ta-da. I didn't pop in just once. I think I was like having to stop myself from answering because I think I probably sent you maybe eight or nine or 10 or 12 replies to your question box. And then you shared that on your Instagram, threw me <laughs> under the bus and said, shall we do a podcast chat about this? <laughs> Which I love because you know me, you know, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Mm. So for a little bit of background, we are recording this on the eve of solstice, which is powerful in itself, considering that we're moments away from the quote-unquote birth of Jesus. Mm. And we are here to talk about our perspective on Jesus and religion. And I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to explain here, as we discussed before we hit record, that we're not here on a witch hunt we're not here in judgment of others and their choices and their stories or their pathways towards Jesus or any other religion or any other spiritual practice. We are not here to say one thing is right or wrong, but we are most certainly here to show perhaps how you and I have taken this pathway or walked our own pathways in our spiritual practice, what we come to believe when, it, when we're talking about Catholicism, Christianity, Jesus, spirituality, angels, and perhaps just to show another side of the coin to help other people maybe make their own mind up as to what's true and right for them. Anything that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I think um, I agree 100% with everything you just said. And, and the thing that was very apparent from both of us, and I know that we both have had a very different pathway in coming into our um, relationship with Jesus, but as this conversation came up for both of us that day on Instagram, of all places, um, I know that I was absolutely inundated with people saying, thank you so much for having this conversation. And I know that the same thing happened to you. Mm -hmm. So to me, this conversation is for all of those people who need to feel heard, who have questions, who are suspicious, who feel like something isn't right, or who want to have their own heart and pathway validated. And there's a key word that you mentioned there that I just really had such a heart response to, which is without judgment. Without judgment. Yes, yes. And I'm going to start there because I grew up in a very Catholic Christian environment. I was baptized as an Orthodox Christian, but grew up in the Catholic Church with my mother, who is a Maronite Christian. So the Maronite religion comes from the Middle East and from Lebanon, and they mostly follow the pathway of the Virgin Mary and Yeshua. 
So there's a beautiful balance of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. But growing up in the church, you know, very indoctrinated into all of that, I still know all of the prayers off by heart. I still know all of the rules off by heart. Mm -hmm. And when I started to take myself out of the church, so I was old enough to make the decision to not attend church on Sunday and all the other days, I would say to my mum, even began very young at five, I don't understand, Mama. Jesus is outside. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need bricks and mortar and cement. I don't need all of that. If what you're telling me is true about him, I don't need all of that. Today, where I'm at, you know, a year and a half into priestess training under the Mary Magdalene lineage and very much working quite closely with Yeshua and his teachings, I do appreciate ceremony and ritual. I do appreciate the experiences of coming together in prayer and in meditation. So I've kind of done a full circle, but really pulled out the things that don't resonate with me. And the mm -hmm. major part of that is the story of judgment and shame and guilt mm -hmm. and anything else that I felt quite strongly in the Catholic space, in the Christian space, in the religious dogmatic space, anything that didn't feel congruent to the words that I was hearing mm -hmm. that apparently Yeshua said and preached by. So I wanted to start there sharing a little bit about where I've come from and that the place that I'm at now is a mixture of, of course my upbringing has influenced me, but also a mixture of my own spiritual pathway, my own spiritual journey and the priestess training that I'm in is so thorough. We unpack scripture, we are studying Aramaic, which is the language that he speaks in. We are working with ancient scripture and the Essene community and culture that he was part of. We are working with Gnostic and wisdom teachings. So it's very much based on a very non-religious perspective, but something that feels very, very, very true and honest and real and um, authentic for me. Mm. And I don't question it because I've had to journey to get to this place. Mm. So I thought I'd start by sharing that. And I'd love for you to share where, where you're at and where you've come from, especially in regards to what we're talking about today. I find this so fascinating because we've had such a different, it's like we've come from completely different ends of the spectrum. Somehow landed in a very similar place. Anyway, I won't go there. Um, not yet, anyway. So... My upbringing was very, very different. Um, I was raised in a spiritual uh, community called Anandamaga, mm. um, which is, I guess, similar to Hinduism. Um, raised vegetarian, a lot of meditation, um, much more Eastern tradition. However, um, my experiences within that were... Um, very similar to what I know a lot of people have had with mainstream religion. So I came out of that very anti-organized religion, however, very spiritual. Mm -hmm. So when I had my spiritual awakening, um, which didn't occur until 12 years ago, that was on the back of an upbringing that had had, um, you know, I really resisted any mainstream religion based on a, a much more, I guess you could call spiritual, in inverted commas, upbringing. Um, but I was also raised by parents who were very, very anti-Catholicism and anti-mainstream religion. So I'd had a lot of that sort of sort of the reverse of indoctrination with my upbringing. 
So I had been taught not to trust mainstream religion, not to believe in, uh, not to believe in God, not to uh, believe in Jesus, and that basically the church was evil. Okay. So then when I had my my spiritual awakening, and I know a lot of your followers are familiar with my work. Um, when I started working with the angels, I had an extraordinary amount of resistance to going down that pathway because I associated the angels with mainstream religion. Mm. So that was a very big barrier for me to have to break through. Um, however, the thing that was really interesting is obviously 12 years later now, you know, have an extraordinary, miraculous, life-changing experience of having worked with the angels and they are a very big part of my life. They have truly transformed my life and helped me with my own awakening journey and my own ascension journey. But along that pathway, in comes Jesus. <laughs> and that's not my work. You know, my work is angels. That's the thing that I feel, you know, super connected to and, um, and I share and I teach on. But I can't do that work without also having had some personal experiences and connections with Jesus. But they have not come through any external source. I have not read the Bible. I will not read the Bible, Claire. I can't. Every time, I like along this pathway, the amount of times that I've thought that I should read the Bible and that I should study the text, and every single time my personal guidance system which I trust, has been a resounding no. So I've connected with Jesus directly, and that's how I've gotten to know him. So very different mm. journey. Mm, but also very similar because, oh, my God, all the questions <laughs> firing in my head right now. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of that. It's so beautiful because ultimately it still feels very similar because we've both found our way to connect directly to him mm. even though you know a scripture and studying Aramaic is still a part of my life ultimately at the end of the day when I sit on my mat every morning and I look <clears throat> in sacred space it's him that I call upon yeah. and I don't say any particular fancy word or open about a bible I I call him mm. I call him into my space and I ask for his blessing and I offer my gratitude and I feel him yeah. He has shown up in many of my classes and instructed me to repeat a mantra or moved through my body and offered light language to a group and a healing yes. experience. Yes. And I can't deny, I'm like, I'm, everybody, I'm sorry, Yeshua is here. Let's go with this. I, it's just, it just happens when you open to it. So we need to circle back because I've got like all these notes <laughs> and we need, to we need to start here, which is religion. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just, we just need to get this, done and dusted straight off the bat, which is just getting really honest and truthful, especially when we're talking about Christianity and Catholicism, about the bastardization, I can't say that word tonight, of his word and his mm -hmm. teachings, how beginning with the Romans, capitalizing on his teachings and his offering into the world and how they turn this into a commodity and turn this into a system and turn this into a, I was going to say a belief system, but it's so much more than that. It's a, it's a, a belief system around the way that you're supposed to be as a human and how you're supposed to function in the world. So I think it's really important that we get real about the persecution and the suffering and the pain and 
all of that that's happened at the hands of the church, at the hands of that system. And I'm, this is sound, it's really brutal. I'm really honest. I'm really upfront, but I don't feel like I can go any further in this conversation because you touched on it without, I'm, I'm anti-religion as well yeah. because of that. Yeah, can I can I go a little bit further, babe? <laughs> um, I think that if we're going to go down that pathway, we need to talk about um, colonialism. We need to talk about power. We need yeah. to talk about control. We need to talk about greed. Yeah. We need to talk about pedophilia. Yeah. We need to talk about how the Catholic Church has an ex like I, I cannot even fathom the amount of wealth that the Catholic Church has. Uh, we need to talk about how the beautiful words were twisted to become a control mechanism through fear, shame, and judgment. And if we're going to go one step further, and this is the bit that really gets me feeling very passionate, mm. how this has actually become um, the opposite of what I understand to be the teachings and message of Christ. Yes. And I'm going to say amen to that. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent with you. And all of that makes me want to burst into tears yes. as soon as you said the word colonialism because that's essentially what this is all about the romans moving in taking over begun all the way back then taking people's land taking people's religions how they worship the sun how they ritualize their life it goes all the way back then and it still continues today and then the distortion of words of language of practices i mean there is a mudra jesus holds his hand in a mudra in all of the icons and pictures these aren't just random things he's doing with his hands. He's holding his hands in ancient energetic practices. But of course, the, the church has then gone and pulled everything apart and glossed over some things and ripped through people's lives using these words of his that are not his intentions. You know, I've said to my mum, I have had this conversation with her thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I'm like, you really dissect his words, Mama, and you can hear he's teaching us to love unconditionally, mm. to live without judgment, that we all are the light, that we all are the son and daughter of God, Goddess Universe, that we are connected to the Mother Father, that there is not just the him and the her, it is all. And I, I say to her, how, how can we then live in a system that perpetuates fear and shame mm -hmm. and judgment and hurt and rape and pedophilia and I mean my brother is gay and you're going to tell me that he's not a good and true and right person because that book says so this is huge <clears throat> it goes even further than that too right so let's talk about the term ascended master oh yes please <laughs> okay so what is an ascended master? So a lot of people who have come to um, their relationship with Jesus through a more spiritual pathway will be really familiar with the term ascended master. Yep. So in layman's terms, what we're talking about here is a human who has ascended. What does that mean? 
That means that they are no longer incarnating into physical form. They have mastered their human experience. Mm -hmm. Jesus is an example of a human being who was incarnating and mastered their human experience, right? Yep. So an ascension cycle is 26,000 years. Over 26,000 years, we incarnate over and over and over again. What do we do in that 26,000 years through all of these incarnations? We have a human experience. Over and over. Over and over and over and over again. And there is pain and suffering. They are the conditions. They are the rules of engagement on earth. Pain and suffering are part of the rules of engagement. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. But we are here to experience love Mm -hmm. on every end of the spectrum. There is no good. There is no bad. There is just a infinite number of shades of light, of love. And the further we go along our incarnation journey through an ascension cycle, the more we raise in our consciousness Mm -hmm. and the closer we get to ascension. Now, there are certain things that can actually um, slow down and stop the pathway to every human being's ascension. Primarily, the number one is fear. Okay. So what happens when we are in a state of fear, when we are in a state of shame, judgment, our auric field contracts, our intuition decreases, our sense of connection, our divine birthright to God, because we have a divine spark within us, is diminished. And we experience that separation and more pain and suffering to a heightened degree. So then when we think about mainstream religion over now thousands of years, intentionally setting up a system that was not actually in the original words or what I I don't know the original words, babe, you know those, but what I know is what I've connected to and what I feel and what I hear, what comes into my heart when I connect with Jesus directly. And there is no judgment There is no fear. There is unconditional love. There is complete acceptance. There is compassion. There is forgiveness. Yep, and there is. So to take it one step further, and I know that was a long-winded explanation, but there is an intentional misdirection by the Catholic Church, which has been done on purpose to try and slow our ascension journey to assert a vehicle for control. Oh, boom. There we go. You said it. (laughs) We're going there. And I have zero doubt in my mind. And that explanation was perfect and spot on. And I think it was really important. And there is no denying that he is an ascended master. And that's what he did. He he did that lifetime. That was his final lifetime and he ascended. And he walked the plains of earth in his light body for many, many, many years after before he completed his full ascension. Yeah, it's it's an interesting phrase, Ascended Master, because a lot of people get triggered by that. And it's like, no, he's the saviour. So let's come to that in a second. Because that word's really loaded, saviour. Oh, yeah. Right? 
it's so disempowering. This relates to what you just said, this intentional misdirection and separation by these institutions to weaken and diminish our own ascension journey, our own light. So essentially when we place the label of savior on somebody else, it's mm -hmm. perpetuating that, isn't it? Because we're no longer sovereign. We're seeing somebody else as the answer to all of our prayers. Oh. And I'll need to add a side note here. I don't think there's anything wrong with prayer in addition to other practices. But when it's prayer alone and begging for forgiveness or begging for support or begging for guidance, aren't we missing the point as human beings who have come here as mm -hmm soul spirit in a human experience are we not missing the sovereignty of that you're really touching on something really important here okay because one of the biggest things that i understand from my work with the angels is that we are moving through absolutely extraordinary times right now so i know that these some of these terms are bandied around a lot in the truth or in spiritual communities when we talk about this mass awakening that's occurring right now but essentially this is relevant to this conversation because when we're talking about an awakening, we're talking about a heart awakening, and that is a, um, an acceleration of our individual ascension journey, and that's happening on mass now. Right? So this is literally what Jesus modelled. You cannot move through your awakening and your ascension journey without having a heart awakening. You cannot have a heart awakening when you are looking to an external authority. A heart awakening is sovereign. It is within. Mm. It is the realization that we are not separate, that God is within, that we are not separate from the divine, that we are truly like almost incomprehensibly miraculous beings that are truly an aspect of this word that sometimes isn't enough for me. You know, mm. how, how do you put consciousness and unconditional love that creates beings into one word yes. that exists within every one of us? So if we are being taught, not just taught, but programmed, and indoctrinated in every aspect, in every system of, of our society, every system in our society for the last 2000 years has been created to indoctrinate us to look to an external authority figure as a savior. Mm. How are we going to awaken to the fact that we are truly a divine aspect of God. Yes, gosh. It, it exists within every one of us. And so when I think to Jesus specifically, to Yeshua, he was a rebel of his time. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's a Jew, but he pulled himself out of the system, which was to... I love this conversation, babe. <laughs> For those, for those of you listening, you can't see what I just saw, and that's Shananda fist, fist pumping in the air. <laughs> he is a rebel. He was a rebel. He still is a rebel. He stands for dismantling systems. So during his time to paint a little bit of a picture, only certain people are allowed to enter the temple at certain times, of course, no women, uh -huh. and there are certain rituals and rites that you perform such as the sacrificing of animals, etc. There's so much more to that. He took, he took himself out of that. And he preached in a linen cloth 
on the street with the beggars and the lepers and the women. And every single one of his disciples who were men had a wife who were also his disciples. So he had 24 disciples. So if anyone wants to learn more about this, you can read a beautiful book, which is a channeled book. Um, her name is, oh my God, I've forgotten it will be in the show notes, but she's channeling Mother Anna, the grandmother of Jesus, who paints a very incredible picture of Yeshua's life. But the Bible even talks about this. He was on the streets. He's in nature. His temple was in nature. And he stood there with the message of, I am the son of God. And guess what? So are you. Yeah. And it's all right here. The sacred heart of Jesus is the sacred heart of you, of God, of goddess. It's just, it's, it's right there, even in the Bible. And yet we still somehow manage to misconstrue and bastardize that story and to miss the point of his message to the place where we, I don't mind using the word savior. I've got no issue with the word. I've got an issue when the word becomes so loaded mm. that we hand over our entire life. For example, renounce our entire life mm. or um, follow a particular pathway because this is the church that's telling us that you should because he's our savior and this is what we do. He's not asking for any of that. No. It's so interesting. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's listening to you speak who can see um, the quite extraordinary mirrors to what's going on around the world right now and that all of these systems and rules that are being put in place to create an external um, saviour, <laughs> we, I mean, we could really go there with this conversation, um, science, government, Religion, education, politics, mm -hmm. entertainment, all of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's all happening over and over again. It is. And I often wonder to myself, did he know and did his, his team, his, his team that was there passing on his word and working with him on the land at this time, did he know that for the next 2,000 odd years that precisely what he was preaching about the exact opposite would happen. Did he know that? Because I often wonder, he must be just having a good old giggle going, oh, mm. wow, this is, you kind of missed the point. You missed the point, thank you, organised religion. You got it a little bit wrong and you mashed it up and passed on something completely different to what I was talking about. I often just, yeah, I, I think about that because it's so... And then, of course, everything happens divinely as it's supposed to. And here we've got the masculine and the divine feminine coming into right relationship again and shifting things slowly. But I do, I get curious about that. Did he, did he even want an organised religion in his name? No. Is, well, that, is that the story that he was planning? Well, do you want to know what he said to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, of course not. Of course he didn't. But you know what the, the thing that's really beautiful, I think we both know the answer to that question, like truly in our hearts, um, certainly from the conversations that you and I have had. Um, it was mostly a rhetorical. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I, I do think that there's something really interesting in that conversation, though, which is that as an ascended master, as a human who has truly ascended his, his human experience, so what happens when we are no longer in physical and we have truly ascended he is living now in a non-physical state of divine um, 
expression of pure God consciousness. So he holds no judgment. He holds no judgment over what has happened in his name. He's not looking down going, come on, guys, what have you done? You've stuffed it all up. He, yeah. Yeah. And his invitation and pathway to connect with him is unconditional, truly unconditional. Mm. So any fear that we might hold in our hearts, because I know that I have held a tremendous amount of fear about connecting with Jesus. I had to let go of a huge amount of my own personal beliefs. I was super triggered about going down this pathway. And there he was, open-hearted, absolutely neutral in you know there, there's there's no um there, there was zero judgment mm. unconditional love oh it's just so beautiful i am i am so grateful for the relationship that i'm building with him now that's outside of the church and of course full respect for those that are there my mum is still there she goes to mm. church every single day <clears throat> And in fact, I wouldn't be where I am without that beginning foundation from her. But I'm so grateful because the idea that you can connect with an ascended master without anybody else's guidance or without anybody else's rules or regulations or system or space or without any um, limitations, it's just mm-hmm. so, it's just beautiful and it's overwhelming to think that. I get to walk this human existence, this human experience, and have this team alongside me. Yeah. You know, that I get to call on him and all these other deities and goddesses that I work with and angels, and they're with me. Uh, you know, let's just stay with this for a moment because this is the bit where I could have a really big old cry. It feels truly liberating. It feels truly liberating. It feels a bit rebellious. Um, I feel such an extraordinary gratitude and joy and, you know, actually truthfully a little bit of pride in myself for having busted through my fears to allow myself to feel worthy of stepping away from all of the rules, all of the beliefs or everything that I was taught, everything that the whole world has taught me to allow myself to open to this extraordinary amount of love and support. Mm. I'm just going to breathe that in for a moment. Oh, I'm proud of you too. Mm. Epic. So Amazing. let's talk about the channeling part of it then. When we're talking right now about connecting with him and that we can bust out of these rules and these systems and structures. And I've often heard channeling is the work of the devil you've heard it too yeah um you know doing this spiritual practice or doing that thing is evil or wrong and yet i've had experiences in live circles and ceremonies where mary magdalene is there mm-hmm. yeshua comes through i see a lamb at my feet and i know it's yeshua or i hear him tell me to repeat a mantra to the group I've mentioned this before, and I am I supposed to tell myself that I'm being overcome by the work of the devil, and I know that there's distortions out there which we should talk about. But let's unpack channeling and 
can we connect with Yeshua in channeling? Is this the work of the devil? How do we know when we're dealing with something darker, with a distortion? And of course, this leads us down the conversation of the distortions that are in the Bible and that's in Christianity and the religious mm -hmm. framework. So that's a lot. So let's just start at channeling. Yeah, this is actually a really important question um, and conversation. So I think I think we just have to go one step backwards though and actually talk about prayer. Yep. Because prayer in itself is a very limited, diluted form of channeling. It just sets the assumption that it's a one-way form of communication. Like, dear God, please help me. I need help right now. I'm in pain. Bless myself and my family and my life. Amen. Yes. Now, there is a very beautiful right side to that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to dismiss prayer as something that is extraordinarily um, beautiful. It can, it can be um, a pure channel of love and a way to connect with the divine in any form. However, it also sets us up for a belief that we cannot have two-way communication. And this is the bit that I get a little bit frustrated about and quite frankly cross about. <laughs> um, and then that leads us into channeling. What is channeling? Like that word itself is so loaded yes. and, um, you know, in, in so many different ways. Um, and, of course, I think the biggest um, distortion is this, this myth that has been created, which is, I'm not going to swear, it is untrue. Channeling is not the work of the devil. What is channeling? It is communication with a non-physical being. Mm -hmm. That is literally all it is. Now, it scares a lot of people because that is something that has been um, absolutely hijacked through, a, through um, an amount of programming that is almost beyond my comprehension and actually makes me very angry about. You know, it's it's it was put into uh, mainstream religion, but it's been perpetuated through education, through science, through um, entertainment, music, movies, yeah. television shows, everywhere, okay, as non-scientific um, and, and from the religious pathway that it is the work of the devil. And I am going to swear it's bullshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Um, channeling is just communication with the non-physical. We can all communicate with the non-physical. Every single being has got the ability to communicate with the non-physical. However, we have been programmed and almost hypnotised to believe that it is dangerous, that we are afraid of it, that only certain special people have a gift, and that is not true. We can all do it. It is something that we can learn and develop just as easily as we could learn another language. Hey, I'm going to take French lessons hey, I'm going to take channeling lessons. Yep. We can all learn to do it. And I will vouch for that. It's been a slow process over the years, but opening my third eye, working with my intuition, expanding my field, trusting myself, having more faith, working with angels. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm master at channeling by any stretch of the means, but it's definitely something that I have been intentional about opening myself yeah. up to, not to become a medium, but because it feels like a form of communication that I have a divine right to, yes. and that I want to live my life in divine communication. I do not want to live in this insular, closed down, constricted, human ego version of myself. I want to open up and to feel held and supported and guided and to have that constant two-way relationship. So it's definitely something I've been, I've signed myself up onto that multiple times and said, let's do more of that. Yeah, I think it's, it's actually... 
it's, it's, it can be quite difficult for people to actually associate what we're talking about with that word channeling because it's, it's just so loaded historically and socially, culturally. Mm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, communication feels much better. So, so then that takes us into a two-way conversation with Yeshua, with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that you've just invited everybody to see that perhaps we all have if we take the word, say, channeling and prayer out of the mix and inviting sovereignty and inviting in perhaps trust and faith in our own divine nature, which is our intuition and our heightened senses, that we can have this conversation and that we can simply begin right now to commune with Yeshua. We don't have to wait for anyone else's invitation. And there it is. And there it is. Yeah. Okay, we are all invited. Gosh, that's just so massive. Isn't it interesting? Like, I, I just feel, uh, I know that for me on this, I wonder if you can relate to this, and I wonder if those listening can relate to this, but um, for me, as I started going down this pathway, and it certainly came up uh, the more I started connecting in with the angels, but it came up even more so when I, I started feeling this invitation to start connecting with Jesus himself. It's like, I hit the edge of my consciousness and it almost felt scary mm. because there was this void of unknown that my heart really wanted to go there, but I actually felt like I was going to have to reject and bravely and courageously turn away from everything that I knew to be true, everything that the world had taught me. Mm. Scripture. Like the Catholic Church, this is a big barrier to break through. Yep, yep. And boy, oh boy, on the other side, does it feel like you're coming home. You know, one of my first introductions to that was actually reading um, Autobiography of a Yogi many, many years ago. And Jesus was a Yogi, I think it's called. I can't remember. I've got it here. Mm. Um, written by a yogi talking mm -hmm. about Yeshua and his teachings and realizing the wild overlay in all of these quote-unquote religions and these dogmatic systems and how the, the golden thread of the teachings and the essence of their wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's everywhere and it's ancient and it crosses over. And I remember reading this and just thinking, oh, wow, the Jesus that I grew up with is still part of this yogi world that I'm in over here. And I don't actually have to reject him. Yeah. And I also don't have to only believe what I'm being told over here. I can just meld it all together and feel what resonates with me and follow the tugs. Okay, and people might think that that's a bit wishy-washy and that you need structure. And actually, my spiritual practice is quite structured. And there is a lot of ritual, but it's also very fluid and very responsive to whatever stage I'm at. And sometimes Yeshua is the one that I go to, and sometimes it's not. Do you know, I think you're speaking to something here, which I think is really core to my experience and my relationship um, through my pathway with the angels, but certainly amplified and connecting with Jesus. And what, you, what you're describing there to me is humanity. Mm. There's... Of course, it overlays with different spiritual teachings, eternal spiritual teachings, because we're talking about the essence of what it means to be a human being yeah. 
We're talking about compassion, forgiveness, acceptance, unconditional love. Mm. Yeah. And all people in all places, in all countries and states and stories are seeking and reaching out for that across all time and space. They, that, that's what we are all here and attempting to embody yeah. and to live through, aren't we? Right. So of course it's going to cross over. So I want to come back a second to a question that came through on my Instagram when I shared that we were doing this conversation. And it relates to what we're talking about now. And that is, why even bother connecting with Yeshua? Why not just go straight to God? Goddess, Mother, Father, whatever it is, the term is universe source. Why, why do I even need to consider Yeshua? And I have my personal reaction and response to that which is a completely non-judgmental response, but I'm curious as to what you might say having had direct experiences with him and being in his energy. Well, <clears throat> I think the reaction when you ask me that question is, well, you can do whatever the fuck you like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. go, yeah that sounds awesome. Go straight yeah. to God. Go straight to Sorry. God. Right. Like for those who don't know, I'm the sweary angel teacher. <laughs> I think I nearly made you spit your tea then. Um <laughs> <laughs> look oh, so good. you know if uh, the thing i'm curious about though right i think my question i'm going to answer your question with another question is of you are. what are you afraid of what are you resisting is there something there for you to lean into yeah is right? there a story that you have around that yeah but then the other part of me that is absolutely truly very rebellious and who who absolutely respects like, look, listen to your story, listen to my story, and we, we know what's out there. What We know what you are up against if you're walking down this pathway of your own sovereign heart awakening to reconnect with the divine spark oh, yes. within you, which is honour the timing of your own pathway to your heart awakening and your divinity. So if you are not ready to connect with Jesus... If you don't feel that invitation, I completely understand support that. I'm sure you do too, Claire. I do. And I'm sitting here having walked through that fear barrier myself saying, oh boy, it's worth it. And if yep. you feel that nudge, and if at some point you feel that calling within you, you're going to walk that pathway anyway. Mm. There's no right or wrong. You know, I think that that could flip the other way around. I think that there's a lot of people that actually probably feel a little bit more comfortable connecting with Jesus rather than going directly to God, right? So what about when people say Jesus is God? Jesus is not an ascended master. He is God. <laughs> Which I get a little bit triggered by, if I'm honest. What do you feel about that? He is God. There is nothing else, nothing else before Jesus' time on earth matters or existed. No other belief system, no other pagan focus point, the solstice, all of that. But it's all evil. It's all wrong because Jesus is the only one and true God and everything else is moot point. Mm. Well, I feel really sad. Mm. Um, it's, this is such a difficult topic to talk to, to speak to because... This to me, oh, goodness me, I just feel like I'm going to trigger so many people. But this to me is an example of um, indoctrination. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I've probably gone there, Claire, but 
that's not my experience. That's not my understanding. And, you know, it it feels dogmatic. Mm -hmm. It It feels dogmatic. It feels, it feels the antithesis and opposite. You know, I'm going to go there. Do you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like antichrist. Yes. Let's go there. Right. Let's talk about that word, hyphenated words, antichrist. Yeah. Anything that literally, like when, when I hear that, that is not what I understand God to be. That is not what I understand Christ's story and example to be. That to me sounds like an antichrist. The irony of message, it, right? Right? Mm. And yes, those words are loaded. And yes, they do have satanic connotation. Mm-hmm. We're going there. Okay. So we're talking about devil infiltration of Catholicism, dark energy in Catholicism, working through that medium, working through that system, working through that regime, working through that structure to continue to create more darkness and separation through manipulation of words and teachings, which is to say there is nothing else other than him. He is God which again, it, it creates this restriction and constriction and separation. And there's nothing about unity consciousness in that at all. There's nothing no. unifying. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're that, talking about. Yeah. And, and we, we can go, we can go soft with this and we can start with the fact that any teaching that perpetuates a message of fear, shame, judgment, or control is literally antichrist. We can go a little bit further with this and we can talk about rituals that involve people eating the body of Christ and drinking the blood of Christ. Mm. that sound familiar to anything else that we might know of? Yes. A little bit icky. A little bit. A little bit cannibalistic, you know, a little bit satanic. (laughs) Side note to everyone listening, we're being a bit cheeky and funny here just to keep it light because we get it. But yes. Where that's what we're talking about. So I think this kind of takes us back a little bit to what we were speaking about before, about just how hard it is to break through this barrier. Yes, you're right. And how much courage and bravery it takes to open your heart and trust within your own sense of what is true of what we deserve, of who we are, of the miracle of true divine God consciousness that exists within every being. And you know what? Mm. If people find that through mainstream religion or through something that is the complete opposite, I don't think it matters how they get there. And I think either pathway can actually be really challenging. Yes. So just to elaborate on that, you don't think it matters how they get there as long as it's the pure essence of it. Yes, and it's sovereign. And it's sovereign because what I really want to ask here is why do you feel people, many people out there, feel that they can't connect with Yeshua and with anything else to do with Yeshua or anything else to do with light beings or ascended masters, whatever we want to say here, why they can't connect without the system? without the indoctrination, without the religion and the dogma? Why do some people feel like, wow, I've had a connection with Yeshua. I felt 
connected to him or called by him or had a direct channel communion with him, so now I must take myself into a church. Is it the sense of community and connection? Is it sense of belonging? Why do people then... I'm answering my own question as I'm saying it out loud. Of course, no one teaches us from a young age that we can connect. So we don't know how to way. do it. Don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah, we don't know how to do it. Not only do we not know how to do it, but we've actually been programmed to do the opposite. So right. all of like all of the systems on earth have been literally intentionally been created to uh, to teach us how to not do that. Yeah, to like program us to not do that to the point that. Our pineal gland is poisoned through our drinking water to stop our intuitive abilities. And of course, if we're going to have a divine connection, we need to be using our intuition. That's right. Oh, the journeys I've been on the last three years to decalcify and open my pineal gland. Exactly. It's been wild, wild. And then, I mean, well, the opening, once it happens. Exactly. And I, I think the second one, and we've talked about this multiple times tonight already, which is, you know, fear. Mm. So our, our intuitive pathways, our divine uh, connection, is, it's, it's like trying to speak um, Japanese underwater. It, it, it's so difficult to do that when our auric field is in a contracted state. And we are literally bombarded by fear everywhere we look. Yep. Oh, that's so true. So then, of course, this circles us back to the idea that we need saving, mm -hmm. we need a system, and we need a support, and we need guidance. And look, I, I, I know I sound a bit cynical right now, and I'm going to say it again and again and again. If you are in the church and you love being in the church and that feels great and it's your home and you walk in there and you come into meditative communion and prayer and you receive guidance and it's your place, power to you, I want to make that very clear that I'm not saying you need to renounce that or disconnect from that or shut down from that but I'm just enjoying this conversation with you of showing a different perspective in a different way because I've taken myself out of the church and I'm thrilled to bits about it I feel more but awake and more connected than I ever have I, I don't think our conversation is for those people anyway Claire you know I think our conversation is for the people who are um, angry, questioning, have already turned away from the church. Be oh, and boy, oh boy, did I get some messages on Instagram from people who have been judged, shamed, lied to, told that they were going to go to hell if they didn't, um, I don't know what the words are, but repent their sins. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, come to Christ and, and join the church and so on. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are going through a mass spiritual awakening, a mass expansion of consciousness. This, this time that we are moving through, humanity is literally evolving, mm. body, mind, and spirit. There's a trinity. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yep. There is a mass awakening occurring now. So People who have previously not questioned are waking up and seeking answers right now. I think this conversation is for them. I think so too. And also for me, I'm finding it really healing and very powerful. And uh, just necessary, we're about to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, which of course is not really his true birthday on Christmas Day, which is overlaid and forgotten by 
an exorbitant amount of presence and celebrations not really in his honour. So I think it's a really mm. important timing for us to have this conversation and to start to just ask the questions. Just ask the questions for ourselves as to where we are indoctrinated or where we are living in a system or a structure that perhaps is disconnecting ourselves from our true sovereignty and ourself. And a lot of people have come at me before in the past saying, this whole sovereign thing that you talk about, you know, it's, it really becomes quite selfish and where is that state of service and divine mm -hmm. giving and receivership relationship and everything's all about me, 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 sovereignty, which I want to clarify for me, the more sovereign I become, the more effortless and joyful it is to be in a state of service. And I come closer to my truest sense of my humanity and divinity merging together. And my sovereignty actually makes me feel more unified with everyone around me, less separated. It's not like I am sovereign, I'm the queen, you're all the yeah. down below. I don't feel that. I feel more I... merged with everybody because I see yeah. your sovereignty the more I see mine. And I think that's what Jesus was going for. To you, um, I, oh, this is great. I love this. To me, sovereignty is around reclaiming power, but I don't mean power as in control. Yes. I mean power as in love, consciousness within myself from all of the places where I have given that power away mm -hmm. to an external authority and not trusted my own, honored my own boundaries, made my own decisions. Yep. Yeah. Listen to my own heart, trusted my own intuition, my own guidance. That's so and I agree with you 100% that my capacity to serve has increased exponentially to beyond what I ever thought was possible. Mm. The more I have felt that I've come into my sovereignty and my power as love light. And I just get like a little vision right there of Yeshua walking through masses and masses and masses of people in his land of Palestine, serving, full of light and in yes. service. Radiant. Radiant. The example that, oh, that's so beautiful. That is literally the example for you or I or anyone else who is walking this pathway that, you know, in the spiritual community is sometimes called a light worker. Mm. That's precisely what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he was sovereign. Oh, what a powerful conversation. I, um, I feel like I could spiral through this for hours. And I think that we did a really beautiful job <laughs> of touching on some really massive things that can feel really overwhelming. So I'm hoping we we're able to bring quite a lot of lightness there. There's a lot of distortion out there. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of dark energy. And of course, we're all trying to find our way through so I think at this point, it would be really beautiful for us to finish up just with an invitation to everybody to be their sovereign selves through this conversation, to cherry pick what works for them, to leave the rest, have your opinions, reach out and have a conversation with us if you wish, know that we come from a place of zero judgment. Mm. We're also not welcoming any um, harsh, rude or cruel comments in response to this. Um, I'm saying that very clearly and holding a boundary there that I only only welcoming really beautiful open conversations and dialogues here. You don't have to agree with me or Shananda, but to keep it very um, 
kind and compassionate and respectful of each other's opinions. But I would just love everybody to go away as they step forward into Christmas, whether you honour it or not, and just having a conversation with yourself about what is the Christ energy to you? What does Yeshua mean to you? What does living in sovereignty and spiritual alignment and unconditional love and non-judgment look like and feel like for you? Is there anything you feel to add there, my beautiful one? No, that's really beautiful. I'm just... Gee, we really went there, didn't we? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. After I did that whole little beautiful wrap-up, I've just realised we didn't really unpack the difference between Christ consciousness versus Jesus, the actual (laughs) teacher. (laughs) Isn't that point one on our chat? (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I I think we kind of went there in a roundabout. You know what? We took the scenic route, babe. We did. We did. So if anyone still has any questions about that, they can come to us. But, you know, in in a nutshell, I feel like you can connect to both the Christ consciousness, which is this overarching energy, which is outside of all religion and dogma. And then you can connect directly with Yeshua, him as a teacher, his teachings, his particular words, and the way that he lived on this earth. So there we go. Cliff notes for everybody, but I'm sure there's so much more to that. I have loved this conversation. It's 9.13 p.m., and I can't wait to get this out to everybody. I love our conversations every time we get a chance to connect. So thank you for throwing me under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that you'd like to say at this point before we finish up? Oh, I think I've said enough. (laughs) No, thank you, Claire. Look, you know, I, I think this is a triggering conversation. I know both of us are a little bit nervous about having it. I'm really glad that we did. Um, I enjoy, I love speaking with you. I think it's a really beautiful time of year to talk about this. And I feel like we've really just opened a can of worms. So I'd love to see where this goes for everybody. And I think your intention for this conversation to be one that doesn't hold judgment for everybody who responds to it. I felt that. Well, if I'm going to walk this path, I really have to honour the essence of what I believe to be Yeshua's teachings. And Mm -hmm. as much as that can be stretchy at times, I'm determined to hold that as a beautiful little seedling within and see it grow. So Mm -hmm. if if this conversation needs to go further and to happen again in a deeper way, I'm all for that 100%. I love you. Thank you for listening to Woman Awake. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and ensure that Woman Awake lands in the hearts and ears of those that need it most. If you think of someone that needs this medicine, please do me a favor and share this on. You can find me over at clarabade.com slash podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey of awakening.